0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Huntington, and in this episode, we talk to Christy again for the February update in 2022. So we have uh, some maybe sadder news to report. Traffic's down a little bit and earnings are down, and we're going to talk about that. Plus, we have a lot of work that we're going to, I guess, plan out. And start executing here in 2022. So we'll get into it. Christy, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm doing all right. It uh it got up to 55 here in Montana very briefly. Oh, so and it was then it a went down breath, to like below air. zero. <laughs> yeah, we're back down now.
0: Okay. Yeah, we got a little cold snap here and uh it was I think it was close to 70 last week. Uh, and then all of a sudden I don't boom. even
1: remember 70. Hmm?
0: Yeah. Don't worry. We're going to get like single okay. digits. <laughs> okay. So what's been going on with the site? Um, I think just for people that are hopping on and this is one of their first interviews that they've heard with you, they should go back and check out many of the other interviews we followed along the way. And it seemed like almost every single month last year in 2021, it was new record earnings, more traffic. Like everything was just continually moving up every single algorithm update over the last several years. You seem to have dodged. I don't think that's uh, an issue this time around, but basically there's been a little bit of a dip. So can you tell us about some of the results in terms of traffic and earnings?
1: Sure. So, you know, like you said, historically, the site has pretty much grown consistently forever since I started at the end of 2018. Which even at the time you said is kind of unusual. So I got used to it. Got used to it. It was nice. Um, this month we saw earnings of 4400 for the month. And that makes for the year 9300 And then traffic this month was 94000 and 200000 for the year. So... In adjusted terms, um, you know, thinking back to November of last year where I made 9000 in one month, it feels the way it is, which is everything cut in half. So, yeah, that's kind of the vibe. That's the vibe over here. But, um, you know, it's also February. Q1 is historically not as good. So, yeah, I'm just going through kind of that balance of... How much do I get into the details of figuring out why versus focusing on that growth trifecta plan that we have?
0: Okay. And while traffic is down, it is higher than it was this time last year. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Yep.
0: And it didn't completely fall off, it didn't like get cut in half. It's just down, you know, a few percentage point, something like that, but it is over the hundred thousand visitors per month threshold, which is arbitrary, but it, you know, it means something to us.
1: Right. And when I think about, you know, February is a short month. And so there were three fewer days of earnings. There's three fewer days of traffic, um, you know, at the same levels, it would have, it would have been in a normal month, like 104,000 traffic, which is fine. Um, so it's a little bit kind of like everyone adjusts for February, <laughs> right? but yeah.
0: So Okay. So do you know if traffic dropped from every single page and everything just kind of lowered down or if it's more like a specific page has dropped in rankings or anything like that? Do you have any hunches on this?
1: So my hunch is that everything is just kind of down a little. Um, that's my guess. So typically ad revenue and Amazon revenue are almost exactly the same every month. Like it's, it's strange and they are the same again this month. So to me, there was no like huge drop in one thing. Um, I could probably go into the analytics and, and do all of that, but You know, as I've lamented to you, it's been 2 a.m. nights of working already pretty much for months. So um, just kind of deciding what I can or can't put into my day is that's just kind of where we are.
0: Got it. Okay. And yeah, that's one thing that we've talked about in the past. Like you're not big on analytics or the Search Console or tracking your rankings, and, and you really don't have any visibility into any of those three areas, right?
1: So I typically don't look what I typically look at is Google Analytics, um, like as of the 15th of the month, that's when I go in and I kind of see what's happening. Um, only because I think I am one of the people that would just end up far, far down the rabbit hole and not actually doing anything. Okay. Like that would, that would be a little bit my tendency. So maybe I have trended the other way, but yeah generally i just kind of do the work and assume that it'll it'll even out
0: okay and i i think you're right a lot of people do aim towards i mean they don't try to do this but they look at analytics too much and then Mm -hmm. just keep refreshing all the time so i think looking you know couple times a month is probably pretty healthy and to go back to another portion of the question uh, rankings some people do track rankings Mm -hmm. with rank trackers and they have a very good visibility maybe not for the super long tail keywords but for the ones that they're primarily targeting they have a good idea where things are moving or if something happens and and do you look at any sort of rank tracker
1: i sure don't but we've talked about it We've talked about adding it this year, but no, it's not something I currently do.
0: Okay. And I I emphasize that. I know a lot of people are thinking that is so irresponsible for you not to have like a connection to what is happening, especially when there's so much data that's available. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay. I think having a little bit more information and maybe... Maybe you would have more intuition if you did look more often, but like you said, you're focusing on grinding and doing the work. And for the three plus years so far, that's proven to be pretty much fine. And looking before we started recording, I hopped into both the search console and analytics, and it looks like maybe a couple of the posts specifically were getting less traffic than they were. But some other people out there are probably thinking about seasonality. Is there any seasonality with your niche or with the keywords or anything? So what what do you think?
1: Sure. Probably in the the first couple of years, I would have said no, because it was just growing all the time, right? So it really was not something where I could see any seasonality because I was adding enough content that it just, you know, the site was never just sitting and being for a year, So it's a little hard. It makes the data a little bit harder to tell. Um, Now I would say, because I haven't done a big content sprint in a while until now that yes, I can see some seasonality in like Q1. Um, And then when we looked at the data today for a couple of the top posts, like some of those are more seasonal as well. So some of those would be more like summer topics or things like that. So that is very possible that like a few top posts turns out are more seasonal and there we go. That's the 600 people a day, you know, so.
0: Before we get to what you're working on and the the sprints that you will be engaging in here, is there anything else sort of broadly about either the traffic or the earnings that you observed through February?
1: Yeah, the only thing I'd say is you know when i look for signs of what's happening there really isn't any there's no big red flag right so throughout the entire month the traffic is just consistently a little lower so there's no one day where it's like ah oh, what happened on tuesday you know when it just tanked there's nothing like that so that's what kind of just makes me feel like the whole thing's just a little down and there's no big event that happened it's not you know, a Google change. It's just all a little down.
0: Okay. And you pinged me like in the middle of the month when you did your quick metrics mm-hmm. check. And basically I was like, I ah, don't worry too much, which hopefully you didn't. I think you were I pretty try. busy. <laughs> you, you were pretty busy in February too, right? Cause you have your other company. So I know mm-hmm. At one point, I I asked you a few months ago, like how many hours do you work on the site? Yep. And it was maybe like ten hours a week, but I think it ramped up. Plus, you got quite busy with your other work. Do you want do you want to talk about that at all? Right.
1: Yeah, I will say what's strange is that this year, for the first time since I've started the site, like I'm not even, I'm hardly even looking at analytics. Like normally, I get to the fifteenth of the month. That's my rule. I check it. And then pretty much after that, I'll check it every day. Right. I'll check the earnings. I'll check the chat. Like the second half of the month, I just kind of really closely watch it this year. Like none of that. I just like literally don't have the bandwidth to kind of add it to my daily list, which is what it's made to do. Right. Just survive on its own, which it's having to do right now. So, I'm making a lot of other like process changes and things like that with my other, you know, my other businesses to try to stay up till 2 a.m. a lot less. Um, but right now, like the site kind of has to fend for itself in order for me to get everything else done and in order for me to get like the big content sprint going. Like it's that or check analytics all the time. Like I just don't have time for it.
0: It's nice when I mean, it sucks to be too busy, but when you're busy, just busy enough in that Goldilocks range, you cut out the stuff that isn't essential and you're just working on the important things. You hear that when people, I don't know, you know, you and I don't have children or anything. We have pets, you know, but uh, our dogs are a little bit less demanding right
1: here quiet (laughs) as a baby yep it's (laughs) great when
0: when people have kids or they're like oh yeah I became far more efficient and basically uh, the way i interpret it is they stopped doing dumb stuff that was a waste of time right
1: yep agreed
0: okay well you mentioned the content sprint you have uh, a couple main goals so why don't you talk about those and how the progress is going so far
1: sure So the big goal for this year is to do a major content sprint, probably three times, four times the size of anything I've done before, ideally by the end of June. So my goal there was like, can I essentially double, you know, how much content is on the site and then give it an extra six months to bake before Q4? I don't know if that's going to be realistic. It's kind of a lot, Um, but We're off and running and we're going after it. So um, that's the biggest thing. And kind of the pieces that fall into that are extra delegation and hiring people to do things that I used to do, which is hard. But I think in the end, like essentially, you just can't keep doing everything yourself. Like I can't keep putting everything into WordPress. That's just not realistic when you're talking about hundreds of articles. Um, So this month was a lot about Training up the new content manager that I hired, and she is now taking over like all of the writer hiring. She's assigning everything. She's doing the outlines. She's managing the writers. She's doing first reviews on content. All of that kind of stuff is falling with her. So that's kind of off and running. And then second tier would be improving existing content. And the goal is to put a hundred of our current articles through a process just to kind of boost the rankings even a little bit on things that have the most potential to make a to make an actual difference in like revenue. And then um also want to shift kind of the amount of our revenue pie that comes from our own products. So that'll be launching a second course, doing quarterly um promotions of course number 1 and then continuing to like sell the guides and do all of that. So those are the big areas that we're going after.
0: Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Otis Global. That's O-D-Y-S. And they're the source for premium age domains with strong branding and powerful backlinks. The feature domain for today is preparedresponse.com. And it was an old company that offered a variety of courses and training and advice around crisis management and emergency preparedness. And it's an old one, 22 years old from the year 2000. Currently, the domain rating is a 13 and the domain authority is 26. Very brandable domain name. A lot of the anchor text out there is actually the branded anchor text. There are 180 unique referring domains and 110 of those are do follow. This is an awesome domain. If you're already in the survival space or the preparedness space, it would be absolutely perfect to redirect it and take advantage of the old history of this particular domain. And if not, the thing is you can approach this with a lot of different monetization methods. You can have informational content, of course, and put display ads. There are tons of products around it. And I would definitely focus on the digital courses that are available Digital courses are great and digital products in general for an affiliate deal. And the thing is, if you're into preparedness or survival, you could come out with your own courses as well. So lots of opportunities with this. And I feel like this area, this topic area has been growing for years anyway. And then with the pandemic and everything in the last two years, people are thinking about, I guess, preparing a little bit more, maybe having a stash of masks or food or water or other things that they didn't think about before. So thanks a lot to Otis. And you can actually take advantage of their spring sale. It's a bonus, a $400 bonus from March 14th through the 31st in 2022. Who knows when people will listen to this episode in the future, but if you're catching it this month, you can get $400. And if you join using my affiliate link, you can get $100 into your account as well. And it helps support the show. So thanks a lot to Otis. And let's get back to the interview. And you have this content manager. Can you talk about how you design the work agreement or contract? A lot of people... Get confused on whether they should pay a flat rate or hourly. And you mentioned that that person's doing all the hiring and and such. So, can you talk about some of the delegation there?
1: Sure. So, I wasn't sure either, right? I've never done it before. I've hired writers, and those have always been flat rate per article. So, when I hired her, she used to be one of my writers. And so, I moved her into just a different role. And I basically said, you know, let's do a hundred hour block in five milestones in Upwork and see how far we get, right? Like I have no idea how much time it's going to take someone. So the upside I would say of that so far is that she is doing awesome. Like she's great. She's surpassed my expectations of like the amount of things that she can do, The quality of which she's doing them, like the articles I get back are already, like I'm not editing at all, you know? So that's going great. Downside, you know, getting up and running, getting everyone hired, all of that is like a big time suck. So she's already been through like 40 of the hours. That includes writing probably five articles that she kind of picks off the list and writes herself. So I'm just kind of already realizing like, hundred hours, not going to get me as far as I thought. So it may be that I have to, how much, what, how much are you paying? Uh, 50 an hour. Cool. So, and of that, I think Upwork takes 20% of it. So she's making 40 an hour. She has a full-time job. She's doing it, you know, as an extra add on thing and is enjoying it, which is great. Um, But yeah, so I think there will be a time probably even later this quarter where I have to say, okay, how many articles am I actually going to do? Like, is it more important to stay in budget or is it more important to get the amount of articles I wanted and continue not doing most of the pieces? So,
0: Do you know how you'll make that assessment?
1: I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the nice thing is like, Can I afford to pay someone? Yes, I can. Hmm? Like, that's great. I have another job. I have, you know, things like that. Where I am going to end up struggling is like if the site keeps making $4,000 a month instead of nine, then no. Does it make sense to spend, you know, more than half of it on writers and content managers? Maybe not. Hmm? So I think it's just going to depend on if, you know, earnings go back up.
0: Right. It's really hard because the work and the results lag so much. Mm -hmm. So I think it can be really hard for people to make that decision. And luckily you have been on the other side and you know that what was there a year ago can make 6,000 or, you know, close to 10,000. And there's, you don't have to make that leap without the real results like you've had it before so and it's really hard i mean you haven't really experienced much of a dip like we Mm -hmm. talked about at worst you had level uh sort of stable like a plateau it was just a plateau Mm -hmm. for a bit and then it would start growing again so i do i know some some people are like, ah, oh, you know, wh- why is it fifty bucks an hour for a content manager role? I've hired people um, and had pay- I've paid you know fifteen to twenty bucks, and then when I had mm-hmm. someone I liked, I think I went up to maybe like thirty bucks an hour or so. Yep. Um, but how did you arrive at the fifty dollars an hour?
1: It's what I paid her as a writer before, and knowing that she's really making forty, like I, I literally just can't. I can't say that someone's time is worth anything less than that. You know, like the amount that I charge for my time is so dramatically more like in my other business. Um, yeah, I want it to be a meaningful amount of work for her. And to me, it's, you know, do I have someone that I know I like is easy to work with, understands my site because she's written for me for that long. Um, yeah, to me, it's like if I'm going to delegate, I don't I don't want a whole bunch of hassle with it, and there's no hassle with her. So if it's going to cost more, it's going to cost more. I just want to make sure I'm being responsible about is the site continually worth spending that much on? You know, I think it's like you said, it's a lag. So it's going to be a ton of expense in the first half of the year, and then I'm not going to be spending really anything comparatively for the last six months. So, you know, do I really cut it in half mentally and be like, well, would I spend, you know, 1,500 bucks a month on it? Sure. Right. Then maybe it's fine.
0: So before we move on to the content improvement area, let's say, you know, things run pretty smooth and you're starting to publish more content. It looks like you have a handful of things published so far. Uh, It looks like six posts or (laughs) so. And you obviously that's going to ramp up by a serious degree by the next Mm -hmm. time we talk. If you start seeing good results in say two months or so, so like we're talking about, there's a little bit of a lag. So you may publish, you know, 150 articles. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's, it's actually growing and you can see it and you know, some of the content is going to age a little bit more and then it'll bring in even more traffic and (laughs) essentially you're going to double the amount of content in the first six months of the year. And then you're like, then I'm hands off. And you kind of alluded to that. So if you start seeing good results and you start earning more, will you go back and say, Oh, you know what? Why don't we do maybe not 400 more for the rest of the year, maybe 300 more. Like if you have Mm -hmm. some system that's working, why would you just arbitrarily cut it off at six months? So what do you think about that?
1: No, I think that's a real that's a real possibility. Um, even last year, I remember there was an update that we did where I basically said everything that I've spent this year, I made up this month. Like, I don't remember what month it was. I don't remember what I was spending. But I remember just like mentally having that moment of like, I already made back everything in this month, right? And I wasn't doing a big sprint or anything. But like, if I have moments like that where... I can clearly see that there's another lift. Um, Yeah, I'm not opposed to putting more into the site or continuing the process. Like so much of, as you know, from being a project manager, so much of the work is in the first like 20% to get everyone up and running, to get everything organized, to pick your keywords, to do like all of that. Um, It feels really slow. Right. So it feels slow, like you're spending a lot and you're not seeing anything. Like that's how it feels at the beginning. But then, like you said, it goes off and running, and you have a group of writers and it's running and you're publishing way faster, you know. So if I start to see those results, yeah, I'm not opposed to putting more into it. Definitely. Cool.
0: Yeah. And I think you know it's important to make the the plan and make some assumptions and start moving forward but then once you have like the real world data yep. it's it's interesting to see what you might be able to to change and you yep. have the whole team together so like you said if it's all if all the moving pieces are right there you could just like give the team more keywords and then it's fine right. mm-hmm. versus if you break everybody apart and then try to do it again a few months later it's yep. like a lot of overhead again. So
1: yep, agreed.
0: Now let's
1: move. And on. I think okay. Oh, oh, I was going to say, I think it's going to be really hard for me to take back all the work I delegated. Also, right? Oh. So, like, am I really going to be able to shut off having a content manager again? I don't know. You know, getting yeah. kind of getting kind of happy about not making outlines.
0: That's like the best, I I tell people as often as I can, that's the best role that I hired. I mean, I had to do a little bit of that work not too long ago, just for one post Mm -hmm. and 15 minutes in and I was thinking this is a big mistake. I can't do this. This is so boring. (laughs) Right. All right. So moving on to the content improvement. So you didn't have a specific system in place before And you have, you know, roughly 400 articles on the site. So you're going to go back and start improving the content, do a handful of things. So what are you going to work on?
1: Well, so one fun fact is we just crossed 500 articles. yay! Um, So that's good. And so for the 100 that I want to improve, um, we did, you and I did just a tiny bit of this probably two years ago. I can't quite remember now, but we played with it a little bit um, and we did see some good results from it. So that was where I kind of got the idea to do it again in a more organized way. But basically, um, we're going to take 100 articles and add probably two to five FAQs for each of the posts, kind of refresh or, you know, just tweak the intro Maybe go after some more like snippets from Google. Um, Refresh any product review content, which I have a good amount of. And then add more images to anything that is an ad revenue post. Um, So a lot of like, for example, my buyer's intent posts, I take the ads off. So I wouldn't be adding images to things like that. But for any post that is ad focused, adding more images just because that makes all the content longer and it gives you more room for more ads. So going through that kind of process for hundred posts, this is something I plan to probably do most of myself as just kind of like bite off a couple a day, but I may end up delegating some of the FAQ writing and things like that. So we'll just have to see.
0: Okay. And I like this kind of work because you can't just, pop in and do like one piece of that and just add a few images to one article. And then maybe the next day you have time to do the FAQs or something like that. But you could really segment it out. And there's a little more variety. Like I said, doing the content management and drafting a post is less exciting. But hopping in and taking a quick assessment and then doing a couple things is slightly more exciting, at least most of the time so
1: well and it does feel good to to be like i've already invested in 500 pieces of content like i want them to be earning the max of what they can be earning and this feels like well instead of going to try to make new content and start from scratch like i'm gonna improve what i already have which is always easier than making something new
0: yep and let's see, anything else related to improving the content or you mentioned, you know, just refreshing the intros, Do, like, are your intros pretty tight already? I know sometimes it could, they could be a little bit long for some people's uh, sites.
1: Yeah, I would say ours are pretty formulaic. I try to go for one paragraph and then one bolded kind of answer paragraph and then get into the article. Um But like I said, I might go after more of the snippets and make sure everything has kind of an an answer up top. And yeah, I think just even refreshing articles that maybe I posted from a writer that mm, they were okay. You know, I can make it better. So. Okay.
0: And you're also gonna probably sell your course again. So if I remember right, your highest earning month was the month that you launched your course. And that brought in a pretty good amount of like 1000 or $1,200, something like that. So yep. you're planning on relaunching again, which you haven't done since you launched it the first time, correct? So what's the plan with that? Do you have a date set or anything?
1: So our plan right now is to do a quarterly promotion for about five or 10 days where we kind of hit it hard like we did with the launch. So on social, on email and um, like you said, that earned 1200 last time and that was our highest earning month. So that was November when we made nine K just great. I remember it well. Um, so yes, we're going to do it quarterly. I have one of my team members is in charge of like making all the emails, doing all the social posts and we're basically theming it around different holiday, like faux holidays related to my niche. So that's kind of how we're going to organize it is by saying, Hey, you know, this month is national, whatever month, which relates to the course topic and do like a big promotion around that. So that's probably going to be March um, 15th or 20th that we'll start doing that. So I should have results of that by the end of the month.
0: Okay. And are you going to be going through the same sort of launch emails and promotion kind of stuff? Or are you trying anything different or tweaking anything?
1: So basically every quarter, we're going to be using the price that we did in launch. So between quarterly promotions, it's higher, but we just leave it out there. And so during quarterlies, we do a price of, I can't remember what it was, like 90 $99 maybe. And so, yeah, we make it both a kind of a thematic promotion and a price promotion. So we're going to try that again. Like I said, we've only done it once before. So I'm sure we'll get more data on what works and what doesn't. But yeah, we'll have like all the drip emails and we're going to siphon off the people who've already bought the course. So we're not, you know, we're not hitting people who've already bought it with another 12 emails about the course they have. So Perfect. that's going to be. Something I just wanted to make sure we weren't kind of, yeah, hitting our email list too hard with that. But the email list growth, I would say, has been pretty good. So now our list size is up to 4,300. And it's growing by about 200, 300 people a month, typically. So we do have, you know, probably 900 fresh people since we launched it the first time. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, the more that we add to the list, the more potential buyers we have for the for the courses.
0: Awesome. So there's a couple other details that you talk about in your blog post. So we're going to skip a couple of them. But if people want to see the charts and all the the actual numbers, they can hop over. We'll put a link in the, the show notes here so they can get to it. But before we finish up, you are considering another stream of income. So let's talk about that and maybe explore if it's a good idea or not. So, what's your idea here?
1: Sure. So, it was more of a question for you, just based on what I'm seeing from other related sites. Um, You know, people will occasionally reach out from different brands and be like, hey, we want to sponsor a post or we want to sponsor an email or we want to, you know, run an ad or whatever. And kind of the only thing that I've done in the past is be like, well, is that a product I want to try? If it is, then sure, send it to me, and I'll write a post about it. Um, but I've also noticed that, like, those take a ton of time, and I don't really enjoy doing it, even if the thing is free. You know, like I'm kind of at the point where I'm busy enough to be like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to do it. <laughs> so then my thought was, well, I wonder if the site is at the size where I should make an actual media kit. And start having something that I could send people who do reach out and say, hey, you know what? If you want to put a post on our site, it costs 800 bucks or whatever. Or if you want to send an email to our list, it costs $1,000 or whatever. Um, just to have something that I can send out when I get um, inquiries. So, yeah, that's kind of my general question of like, is that something you would recommend doing? It wouldn't take that long to put together, but, you know, I just don't know if that's something that at a size of a site like mine, if that's something I should be doing.
0: Yeah, I think, go for it. I, you sent me a sample from Mm -hmm. one of the other sites out there and it was you know, pr- a pretty big media kit. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they had extra stuff in there that won't even apply to you. But I was going to say, I think you could do like a one pager or maybe right. two, but I think a one pager basically has all the information that someone would we- need to know.
1: Yeah. But
0: I mean, at that point, you're working directly with the company. There's no uh, display ad middle layer of right. admin and overhead to take their cut so the company that works with you is probably getting a great deal. You have such a small um, like niche that it's perfect mm-hmm. to like work with a company. And I think, you know, we th- like you're asking, oh, are you at the size where you could do it? I would say, sure. I mean, even if it's smaller, that would be okay. And what, yeah. from the, I guess, content, the way things are these days, like things are niched down so far that even if you have a very small audience if it's the right one and it's a company that does ads on google or facebook or wherever you know they have a marketing budget and they're trying Mm -hmm. to like whittle down this huge audience into their exactly who they want to contact and you already have them so i think it's great and you know Throw together the media kit okay. as small as, as, you know, quick as you can. Yeah. one I think one page is plenty for. And, you know, I would say try and charge more than you think is even worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll have some negotiating space. And yep. who knows? You don't know how much waste they have in their marketing system. Mm-hmm. So they you may throw out a price that you think is ridiculous. And then right. they think, oh, yes, we're, we're going to yeah, do that. Right.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's less than so and so is charging me. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I think it's great, especially if you can, you know, see what companies are advertising with the, you sure. know, already on your site. Yep. With uh, the display ad company you're working with. And that yep. I mean, like I said, you basically cut out the middle person there. You may have to check your um check your agreement with uh, the company with the advertisers. Yeah, yep. Cause they they may <laughs> They may say, oh, you can't go around us, but I mean.
1: Right. And a lot of it is like they don't want all the ad placements messed up for them. Like, I don't even know that I would sell digital ad space. I think I would more so sell like sponsored posts, sponsored emails, that kind of stuff instead for now. And so that would be high dollar stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it would get me into trouble on the outside. But yeah, I would look into that too.
0: I would be, yeah, be be a little more careful maybe with the sponsored posts and make Mm -hmm. sure you're doing that stuff right with the links. Google, Mm -hmm. Google's a little funny with that kind of stuff. So, you you know, you have to say it's sponsored and then there should be no followed links. And there's a handful of items that I think if you follow the, best practices or recommendations, then you should be okay. Emails should be fairly easy, other things like that. One other area is you can, so let's say a company contacts you, they say, yeah, we want to do a sponsored post or work with you in some way. You can also tell them to write it. You could say, pay me, send me the product because I want it, write the whole thing. And you have the full leverage here. So you could tell them exactly what you want. And if you think the content's not great, then you could tell them, hey, do it again. Or you could say, hey, you know, pay me 800 bucks because I'm going to get my writer to do it. And then we're going to have to put it in my system. So whatever you want, you could just ask for it.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. I just think it might be a good diversification of income for the year. That wouldn't be that hard.
0: Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, anything else before we finish up for today?
1: I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I feel good about the the categories of things that we're working on for the year. It is going to be a lot, but I do think like I have the right people in place now, which is comforting. And yeah, things should kind of streamline out after after the next month or so is my hope. So we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, so far so good.
0: One question I forgot to ask you. So you have the content manager who is a writer mm-hmm. that you promoted. How many writers do you have right now? And what's the the target for the entire team?
1: Sure. So far we've hired, I believe, 10 to do like we normally do, like a trial post just to see if they can hit a deadline and write decent content. Um, so my guesses will be at seven or eight writers this next coming week and we continue to get applications for the job post. Um, I think I would like to be around 20 writers overall to make it a bit more manageable. but currently we have enough folks with the bandwidth to do about 12 articles per week once everyone is up and running. Um, to hit 400 articles in the time frame, we'd need to be at 25 a week. But I also don't know if that is a realistic goal for the content manager to handle in her off hours and for me to handle in my off hours. So, you know, the 400 article number is just a number. I've got to be willing to change it if it's going to make life miserable for everyone. Um, And I am willing to do that. So if it's, you know, 250 articles by the end of June and 150 by the end of August, then so be it. Not bad.
0: And would you hire another content manager if you if that's the bottleneck?
1: I think the bottleneck right now is actually the writers, which I'm surprised by. So the last time I did a big sprint with Upwork was probably three years ago. And I had tons of applications, like no trouble finding enough people. This time, like you can tell that the market is different. You can tell that people need to be making more than... You know, what I probably paid three years ago, which is $50 for a thousand words. Um, You know, we've had people be like, we'd love to do it. We love the topic, but like we have to be making more per word than that. Um, And I think that's just kind of where the market is right now. And a lot of people have changed jobs. There's just been like a lot of movement since I did the first sprint. So it's actually finding enough writers at the moment, which I didn't foresee being a problem
0: okay interesting i yeah and i was gonna say i know some people are hearing the amount that you're paying and it's like dramatically more than a lot of other people pay and i mean it's worked out well and then the other part is you're looking for people with actual experience and you have a writing background so you try to pay like really fair wages not you know you're not trying to find like beginners on upwork to get the lowest deal you're trying to get like really good people for the job.
1: Right. Cool. Yep. It's more expensive, but that's kind of, I'm a, i am think it pays off in the end, but yeah, even paying what I did a couple of years ago, I think I may have to raise what we are paying and do, you know, maybe even 75 bucks because Upwork takes 20%. Like I know that that's not what those people are making like take home in pocket. So right. Yep. Just got to be a little bit more flexible about it. Cool. Well,
0: thanks, Christy. And people could take a look at the blog post and listen to some of the other interviews if they haven't checked them out. And then we'll hear from you next month. So thanks a lot.
1: Great. Thanks, Doug.
0: Let me know if you have questions or thoughts for the next time that we talk with Christy. You know, we do these monthly updates and I have been interviewing Ariel as well. So if you haven't listened to any of those, it's someone earlier in their journey, people really enjoyed following along with Christy. So we started up another case study and I'll mention real quick, people have been asking, hey, I want to work on a case study with you, Doug, which I... Didn't have a great response back. People are like, Hey, I want to, I want to work with you. How do I get in this? I've only been working with students so far. So if someone has taken my course, usually that means they have, they have some buy-in. They are willing to listen to the coaching that I provide. And that makes it a little bit easier Plus, they usually have something going on already. So, there have been some cases where, you know, if people are starting directly from scratch, that's less interesting for me and the audience generally. I know some of you out there who are starting from the beginning are thinking, hey, that's not true. We actually, you know, we want to do this. But yeah, the thing is, there's so many people that would want to work with me on coaching. it. I have to have some filtering mechanism. And this kind of just happened organically when I thought, hey, well, if if I wanna follow along with a case study, I may as well work with someone that is already doing a lot of the things that I would explain anyway. Plus if I have something that I want them to do, which I've covered in the course, I could just say, go back to unit four and go through that material where if, if someone's not a student, then they're starting potentially from ground zero and I have to teach them everything from the beginning. So it kind of makes sense to just work with students and it's a great filtering mechanism. So that is, that is what I've done so far. And The other portion of this, so you may notice that sometimes these monthly updates are coming out more like halfway through the month or at the end of the month, and I'm actually running into an issue where I'm not sure when to publish things and some scheduling has been interfering with, you know, quickly getting these interviews done, like right at the beginning of the month. Typically there's minimal editing, but sometimes that will hold things up as well. And just generally, I have a lot of content and I have a lot of these conversations. So you may have noticed I'm going to start publishing maybe a third episode per week. Occasionally, I may taper that down, but the other issue I run into is I don't want to publish a February update in the middle of April. So there's only certain episodes that I can push forward and move things around in the schedule And I hate to, I mean, I I guess it's the nature of planning ahead, but it's, I try not to publish an interview like really long after I've done it. So there's some interviews, actually a recent one with uh, Bennett, we recorded that probably six weeks before I released it. So there, there wasn't anything too timely in there, but for the benefit of the person that I'm chatting with, you know, I try to do that, but it may be something where, hey, I just can't avoid it. I do the interview and depending on what's going on in the schedule, I may need to push it out much further than I initially intended. Anyway, that's what's going on behind the scenes. I'm looking at my Trello board and it's stressing me out occasionally. I'm like, I don't want to put out too much content all at once, but I don't want to hang on to things for too long either. So anyway. Have a great day out there. Be sure to let me know feedback at Doug.show if you have questions for Christy for the next interview or Ariel as well. All right, yeah, that's it. We'll catch you all later.